0: This is the Real Digital Transformation Podcast Series, empowering technology and business professionals to succeed with digital transformation. Now, here's your host, best selling author and series editor of the Pearson Digital Enterprise Series, Thomas Earle. Welcome to the Real Digital Transformation Podcast Series. Today, I'm very excited to have with me. Vice President of Research and Chief Economist of the BDC, Mr. Pierre Cleroux. Mr. Cleroux has overseen a detailed study that delves into the adoption of digital technologies and practices within the current marketplace. This study is entitled Why Digitally Mature Companies Perform Better. The study itself has very specific details as to how the adoption of digital technology, digital practices, and a digital culture are changing the way businesses are modeling themselves, positioning themselves in digital markets, and restructuring their approach to business. So I'd like to welcome Mr. Claroux. And please, Mr. Cleroux, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how the study came about?
1: My name is Zoe P- Pierre Cleroux, like you said, and I'm uh, the chief economist and vice president of research for BDC. And at BDC, uh, we serve entrepreneurs. We have 70,000 clients across the country, all business owners. And we do a lot of research about um, different topics that are important for businesses. So we did um, a study in 2018 about the the adoption of digital technology. And we wanted to redo the study to see the progress over the last few years, especially because of the pandemic, there was a lot of uh, moving parts during the pandemic. So we wanted to see if the situation has evolved over the last few years.
0: This study delves deeply into all aspects of the adoption characteristics, everything from growth to resiliency, to investment, to adoption of technology and organizational aspects such as culture. After having gone through the study that you had your team put together, what to you were the highlights? What raised your eyebrows as you went through it? And what realizations really stood out to you?
1: I think there's two, uh, two things. The first one is, uh, like you mentioned a, a little bit in the introduction, um, businesses were investing more in technology, they perform better. So the study, what we, we did is we look at uh, what businesses are doing and also with their performance. So we were able to establish that businesses who are investing more in terms of digital technology, they grow faster than others. They are more resilient, and that was very important over the last few years. They have an easier time to get financing. This is kind of a surprise, and they also export more. And finally, they actually manage their business a bit differently than than the other businesses. So the first insight for us was really to be able to put numbers or put our data on what we we thought would be the case but it's the first time that we actually demonstrate that people who are investing in technology they perform better the second insight is is a gap building people who are not investing in technology they, they don't perform as well for example in 2021 so last year 33% of businesses who are not investing in technology, they didn't make profit. So this is very, very significant because, you know, when you are in business, if you don't make profit, it's not sustainable. You cannot be in business for five years and losing money for five years. So, Mm -hmm. So this is very important. So there's a gap building. There's a gap building between businesses who are investing in technology and businesses who are not. So the insight in this study is if you don't invest in technology, you won't be around in in the next three or five years.
0: And when you speak of technology, based on what I see in the report, you're speaking specifically about digital technology.
1: Yes, but there's a different uh, aspect of that. For example, we look at um, people having a website transaction online, but data analytics, for example. Um, so it's not only having a website, it's, it's much more than that. Is to use the different tools that digital technology uh, allow you to do. Mm-hmm. And we build this maturity intensity model where you have two large components, the digital intensity, so basically the technology, mm-hmm. and the digital culture. So the digital culture is more about the strategy and how you train your people for using this technology. So we, um, you know, one result of the study is very important to have the right strategy, not just investing. When people are coming to us to see, I haven't done anything, what, where should I start? We never say you should invest in this technology or in a website, or we always say that you need a plan. You need to understand what investment in technology would bring value to your client or value to your business. So it's not a question of investing. The question is, how can you improve your client experience? How can you improve the efficiency of your business by investing in technology? And the answer to this question is different from one business to another, depending on the sectors, the business model. uh, There's no one solution for everybody.
0: I'm looking at the graphic of the digital intensity and digital culture characteristics that are shown in the report. I find that quite interesting. So I believe that there would be a strong relationship between the two in that the digital culture would need to be established in order to realize the goals associated with digital intensity. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes. The one who are the performing the best, they have both. They, they have a strong digital culture, so they have integrated technology in their strategy and in their employee training. And by after that, they have invested in what, you know, what is their goal to achieve. And the one we, we have, uh, you know, percentage of businesses who are really the, the, the advanced one, the champion, and the champion has both.
0: Okay. The measuring of these characteristics, was that part of the scope of your study? For example, with the research that your team conducted, Did they just look at whether organizations were utilizing data analytics, whether they were utilizing digital technologies, um, or did they actually look at the extent to which those were part of the digital uh, initiatives that they were undergoing?
1: Well, it was more more the later. So the the model that we use was a model developed by MIT a few years ago, and we used this model in 2018 to measure the uh, digital maturity. We change it a little bit this time because things have changed. Uh, the use of technology is a bit different now. So we have adopted the model, but basically it's uh, still based on the research done by the school MIT on digital maturity. And after that, when you have the, the structure of the model, we ask questions to see if people fit this maturity model.
0: hmm And, you know, you spoke earlier about the gap that exists between those that are not adopting digital practices, technologies, and cultures, and those that are actively doing so. And another aspect or another dimension to that that your study focuses on is also the gap between those that have already proceeded to advanced stages of adoption and those that you classify as the latecomers who are trying to catch up. I find that quite interesting. The consequence of being a latecomer in this digital market domain, is that something that you also got some insight into? For example, those that are at the advanced stage, which you show here at 5% being advanced, 20% being emerging, 47% being in the beginner stage, and 19% being classified as latecomers. So those that are ahead of the pack, how beneficial has that been to them and their business? Have they been able to increase market share? Have they been able to outperform competitors? Did you get any insights along those lines?
1: Yes, we did. And um, they have a higher growth. They are more profitable. They're also more resilient. And that was especially important in the last two years where, as you know, we had a pandemic you know, some part of the economy was closed. It was very difficult for a while. But companies who have invested or the the advanced one, they perform much better over the last two years. Something surprised us. They, for example, it's easier for them to get financing than the latecomers. Mm-hmm. So obviously, financial institutions are also looking at your level of technology before they give you a loan. So that's something that kind of surprised us. They also manage differently their business. And that's something that we were kind of surprised that is such a great difference between the advanced and the latecomers.
0: It leads to some of the issues that come up with the adoption of digital technologies and digital transformation initiatives themselves, which often introduce enhanced automation that results in tasks that were completed manually being superseded by new automation, which can lead to human workers having to be reallocated to performing different or more meaningful tasks. Have you seen cultural shifts along those lines at all in your study?
1: Well, we saw that, uh, you know, as um, there's really a shortage of labor in Canada, so businesses are looking much more at automation than they were in the past. Automation doesn't really replace people, but it can replace tasks, which free up some of your, uh, your people. Just like you said, some people, if you, are, if you use automation, some of your routine is going to be done by a robot, so you can these people can do something else, more meaningful. So that's something that we, we saw as well in the report. It's increasing productivity. It's increasing business growth.
0: I think what you just said captures that very well, that automation doesn't replace people, it replaces tasks. And I think that some of the anxiety the workforce may have around increased automation, which can be introduced by these technologies, I think that ties back to the organizational culture that needs to be prepared to deal with that through communication and strong leadership. Would you agree with that?
1: definitely and it's very important uh, for the management to uh, to work with their employees in this transition because I we hear two kind of messages businesses who have young employees they actually welcome the change they don't understand that you still have to move paper inside the company because they are so tech savvy however when you have when your workforce is older, There's a lot of fear that this technology is going to replace them. So there's a lot more work to do to involve employees and to make them understand that actually this is going to help them because some of the more boring job is going to be done by technology. You know, it's so especially important for the management to um, make sure that people fully understand the goal of this automation. And you know the, the study, another study we did, the fear of losing people because you use automation is actually the opposite. Businesses who are using a lot of automation, they grow faster. So they actually increase the number of employees. I'll give you a, a, an example of a visitor. That was a, it was a low-tech company. It was a lobster transformation business. So basically, they take a lobster, they cook it, they they cut it, they freeze it and they sell it to mostly to restaurants. And the owner was 70 years old, didn't invest in technology at all. And one day he died, suddenly, his wife uh, sold the business in three weeks. The management who bought it, actually, there was people from inside the company. They invested massively in technology. They make automation as much as they could. So they have 400 employees at the end of the process, they have 500 employees, but they triple the revenue. They were able to produce three times with just a little bit more employees. So you see, automation doesn't kill jobs. It's actually protect jobs for the future.
0: And that's a message. I think that leadership can help the existing workforce better understand to get their support and buy-in with these types of changes that come about when an organization undergoes this type of transformation. You know, I'm curious if as part of your study, you know, we focused on all the positive characteristics. Have you come across any projects that did not do it right, that made decisions that they regretted, that perhaps did not have appropriate leadership, that perhaps went too far with automation and then had to roll some of it back? Did any of those types of case studies
1: come up? Oh, definitely. You know, investing in technology is complex and it could be expensive as well. So um, two, I would say, cases. uh, The one that doesn't have a plan, they will be disappointed about the return on the investment when they invest. Because sometimes they don't invest the right way. Although they invested money, a significant amount of money. Sometimes they don't have the return on their investment just because they didn't invest in the right technology or that was not what they needed to increase client experience. Other cases, they had done all the right thing, but for some reason, technology sometimes takes more time. Sometimes it's more expensive than we thought. So that's the case. I will give you a very specific example that I thought was very interesting, which make reference to culture. Mm -hmm. This company was a retailer uh, they had uh, about 30 locations in three provinces, and five years ago, they decided to go online. So they decided to move, they, they were selling, they had stores in, mostly in shopping malls. So five years ago, they decided, okay, we would go online, that's where the demand is, etc. And this worked very well. 25% of their sales were now online. However, they didn't reduce their footprint in shopping malls, they didn't reduce the cost of their sales in the shopping mall. So now that they lost, well, they lost, they have 25% online, they supported the same cost for, for 75% of the sales instead of 100%. So they have a huge difficulty. So this is why it's so important, part of the culture, part of the, you know the, the governance, the strategy, it's important to see Has to be integrated you cannot just say i'm going to sell online don't change anything else because it doesn't work this has to be fully integrated to make sure that if you sell more online well obviously you will sell less in the store so you have to change your strategy because of that so this is a good example where the intention was great well all the strategy online was great But because it was not all integrated in the strategy, they almost went under. So this is important that when you adopt technology, when you make those decisions, you have to have an overall strategy. It has to be part of your strategy. Technology now is not one thing that you do beside everything else. Technology is part of your business, just like HR, just like your financial statement, just like You know, it's an operation of the business, has to be, because if it's not, you will make mistakes and you will not benefit from the efficiency of using technology.
0: And the other weakness that you have specific statistics about, or potential vulnerability, I should say, is in the area of cybersecurity, um, whereby moving to a more of a digital operational model, investing in digital technology and putting more of our data out there we open the door to potential data security risks that may not have existed prior to making those transitions. What highlights came out of your report in that regard?
1: Well, this is a very uh, important question. 18% of SMEs had an attack last year in 2021. So we were shocked by these results. And it's costly. In average, they had to spend about $50,000 to cover the attack. So this is uh, coming with the investment in technology. I don't think we should not invest in technology because of that. It's like, you know, when you drive a car, you're taking a risk and you take insurance against that and you, you drive carefully to make sure that you don't have an accident. Same thing in investing in technology. What you have to do is to make sure that you're well protected. And the study is also showing that uh, we can do a much better job. For example, I was surprised that only 50% of uh, businesses, they have employee training on cybersecurity. When you know that one of the weak link in any business, is basically people because the attacker can come inside your emails and everything. So training is key, there's no doubt about that. So businesses can do a much better job to protect themselves. So this is a very important issue. As we use more and more technology, cybersecurity has become much more important and it's possible to protect ourselves, but you have, again, to make it a priority.
0: It's definitely part of the planning effort required, because if it isn't, it can undermine the entire operation. Um, definitely. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Uh, I want to ask you, just before we conclude, about the disruptive nature of these digital adoption efforts of digital transformation. There often seen not just as a means for a business to grow, but as a means for businesses to explore markets that may not have been accessible to them before. And leveraging the automation, the new practices, their new culture to enter those markets, which may have been already taken care of, established by other organizations, and disrupting those markets by establishing a presence of their own within them. And I'm curious if the study also factored that into how it evaluated business growth, not just linear growth of the scope of the business as it may have existed, but also multi-linear growth into different markets and different types of business domains.
1: Definitely, and one of the benefits for businesses who have invested in technology, they export much more than others. You know, the, before this technology uh, era, You needed to be a very large business to export because it was very complex. You needed to explore the other markets. You needed a sales force in the other country and everything. It's no longer the case. You can be a small firm and selling to the world, especially selling to North America, to the US. And this study is showing that very clearly. People who have been investing in technology, they export much more than others. And exporting is important because as you know, we have a large country, but a small population. So our market is quite small. So very rapidly as business, especially if you sell something specialized, you need to go outside the country to be able to grow your market. And we have an amazing market right south of the border. It's almost 360 million people. So technology allows you to capture this market in a very much cheaper way, in a much easier way than before. So in that sense, technology actually is a great tool for smaller businesses. You no longer need to be very big to be able to export.
0: Thank you very much. I think a study like this is very much needed in the industry right now because it gives hard facts, hard numbers that businesses can relate to because I think many still need that revelation that this is something they have to start doing because unbeknownst to them, the rest of their industry may be taking strides that they may never be able to catch up with if they don't take action soon. I'd like to ask you as we conclude this, if you have any advice for organizations that are pondering this, but not just advice in terms of what they should do. I think we've covered what they should be doing. That's very clear in the study and with our conversation today, but advice for entering a digital market that may already have organizations that have undergone digital transformation that you would have classified as being advanced already. How in a digital market with active, digitally-enabled organizations, um, how can we further distinguish ourselves when we're on par already with digitally-enabled organizations? Are there some best practices or are there some highlights that came out of the study that demonstrated to you, in particular, areas of innovation where organizations were able to really uh, distinguish themselves?
1: I think the first step is really to think about, to have a plan. So to think about your business and to look at where you can add value to your consumer in, uh, by investing in technology. And the best advice I can give, this is the timing is really good right now. The federal government has a new program where they subsidize 90% of a plan that you can do with, with uh, an expert. So this is a very good opportunity to evaluate what should be your investment in technology. You don't have to invest. You just have to look with an expert and to see how investing in technology can bring value to your consumer and to your business. That's really the first step. Like you said, there's a lot of competition out there, but if businesses are alive, it's because they offer something. And that's a good timing to look at how technology can help you to continue to offer the product or the service that you offer.
0: Super. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Clarou. It was very, very enlightening speaking with you and going through the details of the study to get more insights that you shared with us as to how this came about and how it also impacted your views of, of where the business market globally is heading right now and specifically within our regions around here. Thank you for your time. and we will be sure to point listeners to a link that you'll be providing so they can also locate and download the study. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Follow Thomas on LinkedIn and connect to the Pearson Digital Enterprise series via social media at www.arkatura.com slash community.